Hello, son. This is your mom. I just want to say happy, blessed birthday to you. Your dad and I, we are so godly proud of the man that you have become. And we are so grateful and thankful that God is allowing us to see you grow as you are. I just want you to know that keep your head up, be strong, and anything you do before anything you do, always put God first and above anything you do and watch Him work for you. Be blessed, son. Have a wonderful 28th birthday and know that I love you. You're my firstborn. I love you, son. Be blessed. Bye. Yeah, and I suppose someday I'll make the big league too. One seven nine. Anyway, that's Lawrence. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. What am I being asked to do here? Because I'm still a little unaware of what it is that we're doing. So, as if you're, you're listening to this, it's my birthday, November 9th, and um, a lot has happened this year, and a lot has happened in my life so far that, um, we talked about it earlier, that I produce people on the regular, as you would know, as we're going to get into a little, little bit later, uh, and I'm always asking to to get the most out of the people I'm producing um, in terms of opening up their, you know, their hearts and, and minds and opinions to be able to connect with the audience uh, in a more deeper, more meaningful way. And when I thought about it, I have never done that myself. Mm. Um, so I thought it kind of hypocritical to ask that of people when I've never done it. I think that you're probably being a little mm-hmm. too hard on yourself. I think mm-hmm. that you've done that before. Like you, you've talked about things on the air before you've emoted before mm-hmm. on the air. So I, I don't think that you're being completely fair mm-hmm. to yourself when you say that. I just don't know if you've, if you've compiled it into one, one yeah. like, like format, mm-hmm. but I think that you've done that before. I don't, I don't see you as, I don't see you as the guy that is just like cold and and is just like, I want to get all the content out of people and then not share any content back. Like Mm -hmm. you've been very vocal about your opinion on certain topics and issues. So cut yourself a little bit of slack. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I'll give myself a little bit of credit there. Um, But like you said, I haven't, you know, put it all in one, in one space so people can kind of get a, deeper picture about who Tony Gill is, the guy that they've heard on radio and, you know, stuff like that. And I thought this was, this would be a good time to do it on my birthday. Sure. That's a good time to go back and reflect. Mm-hmm. And it happens to all of us, especially as we get older, like mm-hmm. we start thinking about where we've been, where we are, and then where are we, where do we, where would we like to go? I mean, all of that is a big reason why I want to put this all kind of compilation of, of 
people in my life that have uh, affected me, I think, the most at this point. Um, and, and you were one of them when I sat down and, you know, made a list uh, of the people uh, that I want to talk to for this. Um, it was my father, uh, my siblings, uh, and then the next person was, was you. Oh, I'm honored. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I mean, you've had such a, like, a profound, even before, like, you even knew who, you know, knew who I was. Um, I'm a firm believer that we are, if we pay attention enough, we're constantly being prepared for what we are, are ultimately supposed to do. Um, and all those nights listening to your show, um, learning how you do a show as a listener, um, all of that would come to play one day, even though I didn't you know, know it. Me and my dad would bond over the score hmm. um, all the time. And um, I, I wanna, <laughs> do you remember how we met? No. <laughs> so um, I just got in the internship at the score, something that no longer, internships no longer exist any, anymore. Which really sucks, because that's usually a good pipeline. Yeah. And it's a great opportunity for young people to to meet enough people so that they can make their like next move. Mm -hmm. I hate that internship programs yeah. have gone away. And it was it was my dream to intern at the score at that point. Once I once I figured out what I wanted to do uh, with my life after you know that dark space of not having any real direction, um. That, that it was the first place I wanted to work at and wanted to be at. So um, I was lucky enough, Brent, uh, Brendan McCaffrey uh, interviewed me. I just randomly shot him an email, randomly. Like as soon as I found out who should I talk to to get this internship, I I think it was maybe like the first or second week I started school uh, that I shot him the email. It's so crazy. Stuff like that happens. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, well, let me just take a shot. Mm -hmm. And then you end up, getting an opportunity and then you kick down the door and yeah you know. I, I probably should ask him what made him respond like it was literally middle of the day random email from a kid that wanted to intern i'm sure that he just <laughs> probably needed a break <laughs> <laughs> from all the things that he was being asked to do that day he's like oh here's something that i can actually have an effect on hmm. i can actually talk to this young guy and and maybe it ends up working out. So I'm sure that played a role in it. Yeah, so uh, I, get, I get the internship, and at that time, we weren't supposed to stay at night. I don't know if you knew that, uh, because we were only supposed to be there when Brendan was there, who was over all, oh, okay. the, all so the interns. There needed to be a management person there. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, But uh, at that point, I was interning for Boards and Bernstein, and... I really wanted to intern for you. And he, I asked him, I was like, look, even if it's just, you know, a few days, I want to stay for Lawrence's show. And he was like, look, I'm not going to tell you not to stay. If you get caught, this is all on you. <laughs> but <laughs> so he was covering all his bases on that. I was like, I am willing to take that risk. I'm, I like the initiative. I'm, I'm willing to lose this internship in order to stay for Lawrence's show. That's dope. <laughs> I like that. So uh, once we decided that that was a plan, uh, you came in. And at that point, we were at 
uh, what was it, floor 12? Yeah, we had the entire floor. floor. Uh, and you, they had like a row of computers past the the studios. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and you were working on there, and I walked past you a couple of times, just kind of work up the nerve to, <laughs> to 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 say what I what my plan was. And I woke up, and I was like, "Hey, Lawrence, I intern here. I'm a big fan, and I want to stay for your show." And you were like, "All right, cool." Like just that simple and that easy, and that made me feel like a lot better uh, in terms of like, because I thought this was like the biggest thing ever, and like it took me literally the whole entire Boys and Bernstein show, which I was already nervous about because again I listened to those guys too, my, sure. basically my whole life. Um, but yeah, actually working up the courage to ask you or to let you know, hey, I want this is what I want to do, and you were just like, yeah, I'm fine with that huge breath of you know fresh air relief okay the hardest part is over all right now what so um you you gave me advice kind of right from the jump sit behind her and watch you know if herb dies god forbid i need you to get us to break that was was the, the the first thing i think you've ever ever told me about doing radio does does that kind of clear no i mean that's something that i i say often like i want i want producers and interns to get to the point where and it's the same thing like for me like i know that if i fall if i drop dead in the studio herb can come in and like move my body to the side get us to break uh or from the air from the production studio he can get us to break and then they could send the ambulance in to to come but yeah i I want i want I wanted you to take ownership. Like that's one of my biggest pet peeves is if people go through their internships or like the beginning of their, their time working at a place. And then at the end, I don't know their name. That's a failure. Like I want to know your name and I want to know why I should trust you. Like, Mm. I want to, I want you to show me your resume. I don't mean the actual paper. I mean the work. Like show me what you can do. And at the end of it, because you're probably going to ask me for a recommendation or something, mm-hmm. I want to be able to legitimately recommend you on what it is that you've done. I've had interns that their 14 weeks are up or whatever. I don't know anything about what it is they can offer an employer and it's, it's upsetting. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it feels like wasted time and maybe some of that is nerves and I should, I should take it easier on them. But I want to know, like, if you have ideas, like bring them to the table. If you, if you feel like, especially on the nighttime show, Mm -hmm. I mean, this is still relevant like right now because we're down to like skeleton crews because of all the revenue that's been lost during this time. If you got an idea, throw it my way. I'm, mm. I'm looking for people to offer ideas. And once you get comfortable in a space where you feel like you can speak freely, I think it's just going to make the whole show better. Like everything's going to be better because you have the confidence in your ability 
to make the show it it should reflect everyone who's in the room like yeah it's my name and it's on the show but everyone who's a part of it should be reflected in it and if i'm doing it right everyone gets to build their brand that way and i've i've you know you and i both share a love for the dan levitard show mm. i've always felt that my show is partly his show partly dan patrick's show and then my own you know spice mm -hmm. in there that's it should be a crew it should be like i get to i get to be the center of the universe because my name's on mm -hmm. the show but it's no fun unless there's a universe around me where mm -hmm. we can take these these jaunts into Tony's crazy conspiracy theory <laughs> or Herbie being furious at the White Sox or mm -hmm. all of or Roki just being weird. Like all of those <laughs> things make for an ecosystem that is uh, quite honestly like a lot more fun to operate in than your standard sports radio um, environment. And that was something that I picked up on fairly quickly and something that I've added to my game as I've kind of, you know, gotten more opportunities is the cre creating the environment, a fertile environment for ideas to come forth and, and to thrive. And you and, and Herb, Herb Lawrence specifically, um, I've picked that up from um, that it's okay to have ideas and, and say the ideas and contribute to those things. And you won't feel, we won't make you feel dumb for, you know, for saying whatever it is, you know, that you brought. We may disagree, which ultimately my idea is you, you guys did agree often. a lot often. <laughs> but, you know, after a while, I, I never felt ashamed to reach that. The difference you know, is the difference is the, the goal is to make it so that everyone has the ability to make fun of each other. Yeah. Like we can live in the space where if I mess up a read or Campy says something about Usher, <laughs> you know, we can all sit there and laugh and and enjoy it. The theory that I have behind that is if we're enjoying doing the show, then the audience is enjoying listening to the show. Mm. If we're having fun, they're having fun. And there's times to be serious in, in what it is we do. And I, I do still consider myself a journalist. Mm -hmm. So there are things inside of sports journalism that I still care about deeply, but it's, I've loosened up and I, I think that I, I owe you a great debt uh, as my producer, because I felt like, the way that you approach the job is very serious. Like you're very earnest about how you produce a show, but the theater of a show never leaves you. And you mm -hmm. think about that and it's fun. It makes it, it's a freeing experience for me to know that this segment might go off the rails and that's okay. Like mm -hmm. whatever it is that I had planned on my, my notebook we can go away from it and we can come back to it later or tomorrow or mm. the next day. If there's something fun here, why not 
live in that space and explore it. So, um, I mean, you had a lot of interns at that point, and I was just glad to be one of them uh, on you know on the list, like um, you know Roki, Melissa Rakitis. Incredible. Like, she was great as a producer. Um, I wish I had enough money to put together a show where I could pay you all what you're worth. Like, I mm-hmm. wish there was enough dollars because I think that that show would be killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, even those times where um, eventually I get hired uh, at the score and Herb would like be on vacation or no, actually Herb was gone, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Joe actually became your executive producer and then he would go on vacation and then it would be me, you and Roki like on a show like that. Those were excellent breeding ground for, for us to soak up information and learn. And also at the same time, have fun Yes, while we were doing it. Like I remember those shows, they were excellent you know, fun times. Like, and, you know, we messed up. I, specifically me, uh, you know, a bunch. But, again, it was all a part. You made it as a part of the show. Yeah. Uh, and, and it all came full, you know, full circle. So, during during those times, specifically, as you saw, you know, me growing, when did you kind of take notice, like, okay, this could be a thing well i knew that there, there's a couple different answers to this question clearly you knew what you were doing and and if i trust you to run a board like it, i mean i at that point started requesting you hmm. you know that if joe was off then i wanted you to be on the show and that's good like that's that's what you're always trying to build i think that you took the first, the time when the job became open, the first time, and you interviewed for it, I remember having a conversation with Mitch. I remember this was right before Herbie came back. Mm-hmm. And I remember your approach. Your approach was really different from everyone else that we interviewed. And we interviewed a lot of good producers for that spot. A lot of people wanted that spot. And I remember you came in and you had this binder and you were like, this is what I want to do. This, 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 this. And I, I remember Mitch saying, I don't think he's ready. And I was like, not yet, but he's getting close. He's real close to, to that type of respo- level of responsibility. And, and, so- you know, and you know, right before, like, I wanted that job, but I felt that a little bit that all right i can learn what i need to learn if if i do ultimately get the job um but i had never been an executive producer Mm -hmm. yet um and you know right after that um i was i don't know if i was disappointed because i love herbie and i'm glad that you know he got it and i got to work with him uh again um but it's kind of everything kind of worked out where then Ken and Demons of the Dean Davis show, they wanted me to be their executive producer. Yep. So there's my experience right there. Like after I'm, you know, I didn't get the opportunity, obviously I still worked at the score, but working with Ken and D as their executive producer gave me the reps that I needed. Yeah. And I thought that you did a great job with them. And you could see like the guests that you would bring in 
for them, the way that you would set it up, you'd almost you'd almost changed personality-wise. There was an air of leadership that was starting to show up around you at that point. And you'd be like, okay, like Tony's like getting after it. Like he's he's putting these guys in a great position to succeed with their podcast. And I I was grateful because I really like Dean Davis and I and obviously like Demons was Another one of your interns. One of my interns. <laughs> and I mean at this point, we might as well say that Ken is too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that he's he's not, but he's he's one hundred percent one of my disciples. Mm-hmm. So, seeing the three of you be able to do what I thought was really good work, like I I thought that you did a great job of balancing both D and Davis. They're serious dudes; like they mm-hmm. care about things. But I thought that you did an excellent job of balancing that, the fun, uh, and and building on their relationship. And I'd hear it in, in their podcast and just the way that they approached it. Like you, you treated that pod like it was a drive time show. Like you produced it that way, and I think that that helped both of them. And I think it helped. It helped your perception. So like back to that meeting with Mitch, like mm-hmm. we we were like basically we need to keep our eye on Tony because Tony's turning into something and we want to make sure that we give him the opportunity to do that. Um and so when the time came for me to have a producer once we make the time shift, like it was there was no question. Like they had told me they said Herb can't move because we don't have anyone to to run Cubs games. Mm-hmm. And Mitch looked outside everywhere. He's like, this is a what I'm thinking about doing is a big deal. I want someone that has experience. And I said, I think Tony's ready. And I think that he's going to bring an energy to the position that some – like old school producer is not going to bring to it. Like those producers I'm sure would have gotten the job done, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't, it it wasn't what I was looking for. One of the reasons that I love you and Roki in particular is your different perspectives. You guys are about the same age and you're a lot younger than I am. So having your point of view represented on the air whether it was in choices of music or topics or being able to go off into pop culture subjects and and viewing it at the time, what what was I, 42? Like 42 or 43? In Roki's case, I was 40. Mm-hmm. Um, in your case, I'm 42 at the time. Being able to have you all be able to reach the younger part of the demo I thought was valuable because at that point I'm in the middle right. of the demo. I can kind of touch what's going on with the younger part and kind of touch the outreaches of the older part mm-hmm. of the demo, but having people that were younger and finding out what you all cared about 
it gave me some in some incredible perspective and having Roki having a woman who works in the business looking at it from her point of view completely valuable mm -hmm. um it, it's I really respect her because she put up with a lot of shit just to sit in the chair mm -hmm. and she was more than qualified uh, for for the opportunity. So having you both, being able to work with you both, I thought was a big deal for my own career because it allowed me to see beyond my own point of view. So fast forwarding to uh, the, we mentioned a little bit, the, af the afternoon show, your current show. Yeah. Um, when you brought me into the office with Herb, uh, I was coming in for your show, That Shift. No, no, actually, no. I wasn't working that day. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just coming by. I think you said you wanted to talk. Uh, and I had no idea what it was. Um, I knew that it because it didn't come from Mitch, I was like, okay, at least I'm not getting fired. I know that. <laughs> um, and you said that Herb can't, you know, come with you to you know, middays, and you would like me to executive produce the show. And at that point, man, I, I think I may have cried a little bit after I left because at that point it felt like all the hard work I had, and I think it got emotional for me because like maybe a couple weeks before I was, I said I wanted to leave my other job. Uh, because mm. I was like, look, I got to go all in on this. In you jumped to, down the path. Yeah. And I was like, look, I can't be worried about getting folks coffee and organizing mail when all I'm thinking about is guests and topics and the things that I actually want to do. And I knew it was a financial, a huge financial risk for me. Um, but, you know, luckily living with my parents so that, you know, kind of helped my decision too. That's what they're there um, for. But to have it validated that quickly, like yeah. I made the right decision was just kind of overwhelming. I'm sure that, that felt great. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I called I called my dad almost immediately after I left the building, after we had uh, uh, the meeting. And I think also having the confidence of you and her, two people that I look up to, the most in this business like saying like you you know you got this you can do it felt even a billion times better so i mean i you could probably tell on my face all of those you know expression as as you were telling me but i don't i don't know if i can fully express how it made me feel at that point well i'm glad i'm glad that i'm glad that you felt something mm and that you were excited for the opportunity. And it was really important. Um, I, I'm trying, I don't want to necessarily speak for her, but I think it was important for both of us to realize like, here's an, another black man in our industry. And here's an opportunity for us to lift as we climb. Like I talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Like that here's another opportunity for us to do that. And you're going to make us look good. Like it's, mm -hmm. It's a home run of a hire. Like you're going to, 
to do well and there was a belief and look mitch threw a bunch of names at me and a lot of people were um qualified hmm. like they were qualified for the job and some people brought in some interesting ideas that i said oh you know okay like that i could see that working but none of them were going to i feel bad like no they don't they know who they are but no one listening knows who they are none of them were going to work like you were going to work like you were going to work your ass off like you understood what was in front of you and there wasn't going to be anything that you wouldn't do to make the show better and that's all you can ask for Mm -hmm. as a host you just want a producer that is going to exhaust every opportunity to try and make what it is that you're doing better and you're just a good person like on Mm -hmm. on top of that like you're just a good person and having you around it it's happy like i always Mm -hmm. smile when i see you because (laughs) i know i'm gonna smile while i'm seeing you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and having more people like that available to us uh is uh, a a blessing and you want and going back to what i was saying before about like show chemistry if the crew itself is having fun people will have fun listening to it they can feel it it has to be organic and when it's fake you can feel that too mm-hmm. like you can feel these forced relationships and some of them have been lucrative. Some of them have been some of the most lucrative shows in the history <laughs> of Chicago radio, but there've been a lot of people who have been unhappy. I don't want that. I don't want to be in a position where I'm unhappy when I'm doing shows. So put good people around me and we'll make it work. That period, um, and I wish it was longer. It was one of the happiest times in my life, working with you and Campy every day during the week, having as much fun as we can possibly have talking sports in the middle of the day in the number three market. It was a dream come true. It was, it was it, the reason why I wanted to get into this business was for that opportunity. Um, and it, it took a while, it took years to get there, but it, I'm going to remember that time for the rest of my life. As Tony. Like you, a key point in terms of like, when were you the happiest? That was one of them. You have to hold <laughs> on to those moments, man. Yeah. But you, you hit 400. <laughs> like you hit 400 in that space. Like everything we tried, everything was just like, Okay, this is good. This is good. This is a really good idea. Like I think back to the the Joe Madden cookie thing. <laughs> and I knew that Joe would play a little bit. Mm-hmm. But that was the moment where I was like, "Oh shit. Like he's in. <laughs> like he's yeah. in on the bit." Yeah. He's and he's mm-hmm. willing to play. And this was all because you were willing to push me out there and say, you don't have to do this in the kind of formulaic manager's mm-hmm. show. 
not with this particular guy. Yeah. And it was and I remember the reaction from the audience. Mm-hmm. The text messages we were getting, the subsequent phone calls, the tweets. It was amazing because they were now on top of seeing Joe in a different light. Mm-hmm. They were seeing us in a different yeah. light. And here's this show that just kind of popped up out of nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. why did they give this show two hours in the middle of the day? Mm-hmm. And here we are. We were making news and we were having fun. Like you hit 400 during that stretch of time. Like the shows were just great. Rick Camp, another guy who has an incredible timing. Facts. And the fact that you all were able to, like we were able to make this incredible like gumbo for the listener. And they got all the stuff that they needed. If they needed my my journalism bona fides, they got them. Mm-hmm. If they needed you going off the rails and saying some crazy stuff, they got them. If they needed you to, like, I loved when we would do basketball segments, and I would basically just back away mm-hmm. from the microphone, and you two would go at it, and the listener would get something out of it. Man, like, that's, that's like, wonderful radio. And having the ability to do all of that stuff was all your doing. And I want mm. you to understand that the show that I had envisioned isn't the show that we did. Mm. You were able to convince me that there was a different way for us to do the show. And it was more, it was going to be more fun to do it the way that you wanted to do it. Mm. And we could get accomplished all the things that I wanted to get accomplished. Yeah, that was your doing. And I, I certainly appreciate the the opportunity to take those risks. I yeah. Think, yeah. You know, um, because like I didn't, knowing how much radio that we listen to in the radio in this city, like to go out there like we did, like I didn't hear it. You know, Not in this local, market. Yeah, locally. And there was a little bit like, all right, you know, this is my first opportunity to be producing in the daytime. This e- this either can go really bad or it can go really, really good. Tell me, tell me the relief. Tell me about the relief you felt when you realized that Joe was like in it. Like Joe was about yeah. it. Um. Again, it was one of those validating points that if I stay true to who I am as a producer and be authentic, people will connect with that. And from all the things that I've heard about Joe Madden, all the things that I've watched and seen for myself about Joe Madden, I had a pretty good hunch that he'd be willing to go go to a place different than he's ever been to in terms of a radio interview. Because as you know, most of these guys, they just kind of, well, something not just part of the job, answer the questions and they're out. But I wanted that specific segment where there was investment on both sides into creating something fun. 
and to have that at the and it was the first interview too like usually like oh well you know we'll see you know after that you know wherever but the first time we did it it clicked joe's box and it just kind of went on from there and you're getting text messages from you know journalists that were listening because they had to i mean it's the manager of the cubs talking about you know the cubs and of course they got their information but they stayed to the end to listen too when we did the fun stuff yeah um they'd and, ask him about it in press it, conferences it, yeah in press conferences yeah that that's when i know like okay this this is a thing and it's connecting with people on that level and that's that's all i wanted was to be able to connect with the listener what advice would you give 28 year old tony I'm trying to put myself back in that space. Um, I think that you're probably, let's see, how old was I? You're, you're ahead of where I was at 28. I was just about to get the Bears job when I was 28. Um, I would tell you that you need to stop being so hard on yourself. I think you, you're like a Javi Baez swing. <laughs> like you spin yourself into the ground. You have the, the luxury of time. I know it doesn't feel like it because 2020 doesn't feel like anything right yeah. now. <laughs> but you have the luxury of time. You don't have to, it's okay to be where you are. And that's a lesson that I'm still learning. Like overall, you don't have to keep looking for the next thing. You, you can just stay there and be like, okay, like this is, we often kind of work ourselves into this false narrative of, I need to be uncomfortable. I want to be in a place where I'm uncomfortable. No, I don't. <laughs> Truthfully, I don't want to be in a place where I'm uncomfortable. I get that there's an adjustment if I go to some place that's new, but why do I want that on my head mm -hmm. every day that I'm in some uncomfortable place because I wanted to challenge myself? You can, you can challenge yourself and still be in a good place where you like to work. There's no rush. And the options for you are unlimited you do whatever you want if you want to stick around and be a part of this you can if you want to run the digital for nbc universal which i could totally see happening at some point in your career you can do that if you want to branch out and start your own content house that's probably the thing that i i can most easily see like you being in charge of somebody's content house and you just kind of doing your thing and exploring different ways to get stuff out to people. There's no rush like on any of this stuff. Like there's no rush. And let me just say from a personal standpoint, there's no rush on like family stuff either. Like there's no rush. You're 28. You can... You can put a family together comfortably for the at least the next 10 years, comfortably. <laughs> 
And then after probably the next 12 years, you could probably do that if that's what you want. You don't have to jump into anything. You can live your life. I want you to go explore. Like, I want you to go travel when we can travel again. Mm-hmm. I want you to see some of this stuff industry-wise. I want you to be like, like the all-star game. I want you to go and see what that's like, like around the country, like these big events that are out there that we cover because it'll give you a completely different perspective on what it is that we do and how we do it. And the great thing about you is that when you see some of this stuff, you can go, oh, we can make that better if we do X, Y, and Z. And I don't think that everyone is... uh, I don't think that everyone is gifted in that same way that you are when it comes to that. Your ability to understand the value of content is one of the things that sets you apart as a content creator. Don't lose that. Like explore it and keep taking it in, into different directions and see where where it goes because it might go to a place that that you really enjoy. I also think that you do an incredible job of staying tight with your family and with your faith. That's great. Like that's, that's hard to do as you get older. And eventually when you're like out on your own, Like those are things that become difficult, but don't lose those things that tie you. I remember seeing when they celebrated your parents on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like you were as happy as any person could be in that moment. Like those moments of joy, they're hard to replicate. So don't lose that connection with them because of what it is that we do. It'll sometimes take you away from the people that matter the most. So don't, don't lose that. Like, don't, don't let go of that. Cause it's one of the things that I think makes you who you are. Thanks so much for doing this. You're more than welcome. Anytime. Now get out of my house. <laughs> Appreciate you. <laughs> Anthony Luther, AKA Tony Gill, man. What's up? It's your godfather. Want to pause and wish you a happy 28th birthday. Man, 28 years. Where has the time gone? Man, you're a grown man already. I'm so proud of you, man. You turned out to be a nice, grounded young man. Uh, so proud of the things you've done, the things you've accomplished. You have a great career. And man, I just want you to live this good life, man. You're already ahead of the game by living a godly life. Continue to have fun, man. Enjoy your birthday. May you have many hundred more. Well, it's a better place for you in it, man. So, thank God for you. Talk to you later.
Spencer, you got some Yeezys right there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Come on, man. Why are you giving him your money still? <laughs> Like, dude, could you please stop? Can you just find some other premium quality shoe and stop giving that man your money? Look, man, I'm trying to get. Did you vote for him? Uh, no, I was not one of the fifty thousand. I was voted for him. Wow, wow, Uh, that pause scared you. Yeah, that pause. (laughs) This is about to be. This is about to be over. Get your ass out. Lord, you got me. You got me. You got me. Kenneth Davis, everybody. You got me. You got me. You got me. Oh boy, that was a good loss. Right there. You thought about that? Like, you got to think about it. Did you vote for? Oh. I've been I've been working on that. I've been working oh. on my comedic uh, oh. my comedic timing and storytelling oh. timing. Oh, please, so don't do that. Again. Don't do that again, man. You, my heart dropped for a quick second. Oh, especially was what's going on um, that first night. I was uh I was I was about to put on worst behavior for show. Mm. <laughs> it's still playing. It's still playing. It's still playing because this this is shocking. I, I said on our text chain yesterday, and I was not joking. I told my kids they were both sitting kind of where you're at, and I mm-hmm. said, "Man, I'm sorry." <laughs> I said, "I'm sorry, y'all got y'all are in this world, and yeah. you are young, and you got to go through this because mm-hmm. these people really showed their asses to us." <laughs> Talking about the election, um, it's it was woof. But listen, I want to ask you a couple questions. Can I ask you a couple questions? Okay, yeah, we're getting started. I guess I'll start that. <laughs> Kenneth Davis, everybody. Thank you. Uh, of the uh, formerly known D and Davis show, now that's Davis show. That Davis show. Uh, <laughs> now currently that Davis show. Yes. Um, that Ken has uh, been, and, and I want to Ken on this because uh, I'm the oldest of my siblings, and I never had a big brother. I had you know older cousins stuff like that, but. Ken has really filled that kind of role in my life oh, as a uh, big brother and a uh, mentor for me uh, doing this. Yeah. Um, and I, him and and I had to narrow down the list so nobody get mad. <laughs> you know, like Definitely. I had to you know make this simplified. Yeah, it could be me and D. Yeah, <laughs> it could have been you and D. You know, but D. with the, with the pan, with the pandemic and everything yeah. going on, you know, um, I had to pick one. Sorry, D. So I'm. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna have to get D on the, on the next go around. <laughs> Sorry, boss. but uh, thanks for doing this, man. Oh, listen, I appreciate it. I'm honored. Um, you're definitely a brother. Um, you also, at times, have been my mentor. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of the great things about having um, really great friends. You know what I'm saying? Um, definitely, have been a big part of my life. Um, I was been thinking about when you asked me to do this. Like one of my saddest moments was um, when you weren't going to produce the show anymore because mm-hmm. I knew we weren't going to hang out anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's funny because it, I re- also remember uh, Lawrence saying that when um, uh, he was let go of NBC, that you know basically he wasn't going to hang. Out. That's how I felt, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't a, by any means. I always want you to grow. Uh, you're great, and you're always going to um, put your nose to the stone and go after it. But uh, you still want to be around your your family members. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And spend some time with them or whatever. Because I mean, we all know that this life is fleeting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the things. Is just um, you want to let let your people know that you love them. Um, give them their roses while they're here to smell them. Um, so yeah, I definitely appreciate it. Um, you've been a, um, a fantastic part of all of our lives. I, I will speak for the crew, not just myself. Um, you know, with my family, that was another thing too. You wouldn't be coming over here no more, so they've missed you. <laughs> I mean, Kelsey couldn't even see your face because she doesn't even. And I bet you, if she saw you now, she would be like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, I can remember the um, first day we met. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought at that point that Jason brought you to studio i didn't find out till like last year yeah i didn't even know jason though, yeah i, think I thought jason yeah. i thought i thought you and jason had the same class actually I no think. yeah he was a he was a year above me at uh, ims okay so jason kessner jason kessner uh so you were there you sat in on us and um this was like your first or second week 
That's my first week. I was about to say, let you know the ambition. Um, <laughs> decided that you wanted to uh, become part of the show. Um, I, man, and it only did, it only pushed us. Um, I remember earlier on, realizing, I was like, you know, he just needs to be the the, the executive producer early. Well, it was just like, mm-hmm. it would make more, it makes more sense. <laughs> 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 you know, it just it's, to me it made more sense. Uh, then, luckily, uh, that was uh, that was after you had gotten a job at the score from after your internship. Uh, again, your grind and your determination. Um, then, I mean, chances of us getting on the score are minute without you. Um, you had us in the studio. I mean, we went from, and it's funny. I was talking to Ryan. Uh, this may have been during that day. It may have been flipping friends. You got to do a flipping friends too. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Ryan, and I was like, "Dude, it, it, it's time. This this year has felt like two years because you think back when Kobe and uh, his his daughter and those seven people died. Yeah, and it feels like that was another it feels year like ago. It was, like a, it was just a few months ago, right? That's crazy. But this this administration, it feels like it's condensed in a way from because just think about it. This that means that for three and a half years ago we started to flip. Yeah. Right, and that was we started in May. That was in November or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. you didn't come that day. Uh, it was me. I think Jason may have been there. Me, Jason, and D. And you start texting us the election results, mm-hmm. and we we're like, "Nah, this ain't right. Just <laughs> wait, Tony. Wait, the numbers ain't in yet, right?" And you was like, "No, nah, it looked like he about to win." And like now, fast forward, and we're actually here. Mm-hmm. Um. Man, like I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get out, get, get this joke off my back. But yeah, so then we went. The reason I brought that up is because we were in that little room recording, and you brought us to the score, and it was like we went to the penthouse when we started recording. <laughs> it's like we gotta go back to the little room, again. right? Like we went from 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 sitting there. Anybody that's been to IMS ICB, you know the production studio right next to the big studio. That's where we used to record uh, mm-hmm. the flip, because uh, we want to do something that wasn't about, that wasn't necessarily sports related, and also we can kind of get blue on and uh kind of let our feelings just fly yeah i mean um i think i remember when i applied at uh ims and you know my first week i can kind of see like from the class or who's really here to do something and who just wanted to pick up another hobby right and I was like, all right, I'm not going to be able to depend on these folks right. for any help or anything like that. So my search instantly went to who are the like-minded people like me hmm. with ambition uh, to do this. Um, because I think we, we talked about this before, like just us just kind of talking. Like I was like before I knew what I wanted to do, it was like real dark. Yeah. You're talking about when you're getting your associates? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't, I went to college, but I didn't want to pursue anything with that. Um, so once, you know, what, you know, I, that was my one-on-one time with like, with God and my Mm -hmm. faith. Um, but once, you know, I figured it out, I was like, all right, this is, I got to go all in. And that first week I was like, all right, I got to start picking up these, you know, work hours that you had to do. Uh, and I saw the Dean Davis show. I was like, "Who's getting up early? You on know, Saturday? to go get it? On yeah, Saturday? on a Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. We used to yeah, do Sunday on a Saturday shows. Yeah, who's getting up early? Uh, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna stay, you know, as long as I can, fill them out." And like the very first show, I was like, "Yeah, 
This is I'm supposed to be doing something with these people here. Uh, Cause the show was so fun, it was so funny. It was everything that I thought a show should be. Hate miser, that was your first name. <laughs> Cause you stayed Derrick Rose with so so much passion. Uh, and just it, it like the chemistry just clicked. Yeah, was, like within the first week or yeah. so. And by the week three, it was over. Yeah, <laughs> it was like oh yeah, like by then and like we we didn't know my first time was like okay because you could tell you was you was feeling us out. Um, but yeah, by week three, it was it was a wrap, and um, I, man, it was destiny. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys let me do my first open ever. Yeah, and my very first open, and it was all, the production quality as you grew. I mean, um, I listen back into it now. I'm like, man, I was trash. Yeah, <laughs> but back then it, it wasn't trash. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, you grinded so hard. And see, that was the thing too. Thinking about you, uh, your dedication, because you didn't have to get up. And I mean, that you've always. Uh, went above and beyond. You know, mm-hmm. you you always showed up when you didn't have to show up. Um, you were always trying to be um, the battery in our backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just a privilege. To be honest with you, I'm not even just joking or BSing just because we're sitting here talking. Um, it was a privilege. Um, um, and it was destiny. I mean, I, I, we wouldn't have gotten to the score without you. Um, I mean, to be, to be a, a group of dudes from IMS and to end up on the largest sports airwaves in the city. You know, um, five hours. <laughs> you know, uh, it's something. So, um, yeah, shout out to everybody at the score, too. Uh, Mitch and Shane and everybody down there. You know, Lawrence, um, definitely Lawrence um, being a big bro. Um, but, yeah, you know, and uh, Herbie, too. Uh, but, yeah, man. Um, so then we went from uh, Kyle left. <laughs> Shout out to Kyle Means. Shout out to Kyle Means. Kyle left. I remember still thinking about that day um, when he was down there and he was going to switch over with the bigs. I don't know what's happened that day. That mm-hmm. day's always like, <laughs> he was like, okay, whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, shout out to Means. Kyle did a, has, him and Sydney definitely did a lot for mm-hmm. us also. Yeah, and they didn't have to trust me with the Dean Davis show. No, they didn't. Um, I, I never executive produced before. <laughs> and um, it's funny. Um, I don't know where I'm going to place this specific uh, conversation, but I brought with Lawrence. Um, I had applied to be an executive producer uh, at for Lawrence mm-hmm. for his night show I at remember. that point. I remember. Uh, and I didn't get it. And I told him when I talked to, to him, when I did, uh, when I interviewed him, that I wanted that job and I thought I would have been good. And I probably would have been. Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the reps yet right. as an executive producer. Mm-hmm. And you guys allowed me to have those reps and mess up and kind of formulate the show uh, how I thought it should have. And you guys trusted me with that. Definitely. Uh, and, it, man, I learned so much doing that. Like having that experience really helped my career and how I how I view things and how I produce hosts mm-hmm. and personality types and, and stuff like that. Like all of that was hugely <laughs> beneficial for my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, not only as a, uh, as a producer slash, you know, on air, you know, talent, but just me as a, you know, as a man, mm-hmm. like I was growing yeah. in that period. Those are my, and that's why I want you on this, this specific podcast because you D the Dean Davis show, Lawrence, you guys were a part of my formative years. Mm. And I mean, it's not like I'm, you know, that old. I'm only 20, 28, but but still, like those were key. You're 28 now? Yeah. Or you turn when, when this comes out, okay, I'll be I'm just making sure. 28, yeah. Your age is always. 
<laughs> just making sure. Just making sure. sure. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna. I remember spe- specifically the details that helped form who I am today, mm. uh, and those highlights are burned in my brain. Yeah, I I always think. Sometimes I see uh, the picture of um, us. We were down there recording something, um, and we did um, your Bulls podcast. And um, I just think uh, that picture that we took uh, is one of my fondest memories because it was me, you, and D, and we're sitting there and we're grinning or whatever, and it was your show. But Ken, um, you know, we've known each other for, I want to say, yeah, about five years. Five years. About five years, I would say. And I really appreciate our friendship. Oh, yeah. Um, even though you were supposed to replace my little brother and I haven't talked to you, uh, again, I, my brother's died. I feel like I'm going to be, I'm your brother. You're, you're my brother, too. <laughs> and then I see him today. <laughs> you know, you move. I'm like, I'm on to the next. <laughs> Bye, inverts. <laughs> um, but like, when the day, like, when we had the conversation about me not being executive producer anymore of the Dean Davis show, um, I was moving as the executive producer for Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I would hold you guys back at that point if I tried to do both. Mm. Uh, you wouldn't have, but you need to go do Lawrence's show. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, like, it was, uh, and I don't want to make it seem like to people like, oh yeah, of course I was going to do, you know, Lawrence's middle of the day. Like, no, that that decision was hard. Mm, I, I, no, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have let you um, stay with us. One, that's not being a true friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't you you don't put yourself before your friends' needs, um, especially their goals. Um, and again, I said my thing was one, of course, um, just artistically, we were going to miss you when the job that you did and the, the, the things that you came up with, uh, we were going to miss that. And who could who could re- replace it? Um, because that's no, not everyone's like that and determined. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I said, the thing that was sad was that I knew that um, once or twice a week, I wasn't going to hang out with you anymore. And that was like, damn. Right, like mm-hmm. that was the the part that really was just like, man, I'm not gonna see my guy, you know what I'm saying? But at, the, at least then we still had lunch mm-hmm. <clears throat> when we were still in the same building. But yeah, that one that one was a hard one because um, you had definitely had gotten into my heart, you selfish bastard, you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I try to keep people out. I do. I try to keep people at arms uh, arms length mm-hmm. as a defensive uh, mechanism. Um, so when you let someone in and uh, it's all love. Um, you know, I mean, you should you sh- you should have love and lost. Mm-hmm. You know, let you know you're alive. There's nothing wrong. Like for instance, there's nothing wrong. Like in, let's just say six months from now, you and this young lady stop um, stop dating. Well, you learn and you gain, and you take mm-hmm. that on to the next situation. So yeah, that 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 one was a hard one. I remember thinking when you said it, it was like, oh, he about to go. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. It's the same with D. I remember. Um, I remember. Sitting at that table right there doing a Zoom meeting with uh, Demaz and Shane to find out how we were going to use the app that they use to do radio from home, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Shane leaves and goes into another room. And I look at D. I said, man, what's wrong? You look haggard. And he's like, 
man, we'll talk about it after Saturday. And I said, <laughs> then I said, damn, he quitting the show. He about to leave the show. All <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, they keep leaving me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was a hard choice because like I felt like at that point we were gaining so much momentum. Yeah. And now it's just um, me by myself. <laughs> and like and getting you guys on the score was a priority for me. You did it, bro. Um, getting you guys on, you know, sports talk and sports feed. Appreciate it. Like all that stuff was a priority because I knew how talented you well, guys I, I were. Well, I got us on sports feed. That was yeah. They reached out to that you. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, just overall, like I, you guys are just was so talented, Taking and I've always thought now, right? you guys were so talented. I got y'all on the IMS. <laughs> No, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Uh, and I wanted everybody to see that. And I wanted everybody to take notice yeah. uh, of you and D. And we um, appreciate it, bro. That was... um. And and I guess a little bit I felt like I didn't complete the job. Oh, please. Um, the because the, the goal was getting you guys somewhere... Permanent? Permanently. Yeah. yeah. That was my goal. That would... That would have been like, all right, I've now done can, now I can go my job. You did your here. job, bro. You did your job. Uh, and that's that's like my only regret <laughs> about you know the Dean Davis show. It went as far it went as far as it um, could possibly go. Um, again, another wonderful brother in Demas, um, who means the world to both of us. Um, you know, if if I've always said that if nothing came about it, at least I got to spend time with the people that I cared about. And that's what I'll take away from it, especially this being a trying year with losing my younger brother this year. Um, I, I just try to appreciate um, the good times because you never know when they're going to be gone. So, no, you did everything you could do, and um, we both appreciate it. And we're happy that there were time. There were there. We we're happy that you learned and benefited from it, and you grew from it. We all grew from it. You know what I'm saying? I was just. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, you know, it isn't big, but it was slightly major. You know, as far as when you think about where we started from to some of the some of the heights that we had mm-hmm. reached, we definitely wanted to reach more heights, and hopefully, I'll reach some, some of those heights. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying I'm not stopping um, anytime soon. I don't think so, but uh, <laughs> that's not necessarily my plan as far as going this far and not trying to see how far I can take it. Um, and also, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always listening. I always want to get um, advice from you, from someone who's in the industry and. You know the connections I take when you I asked you, you know, for anything that Lawrence gave advice, and I remember you saying, you know, basically let let the ego out a little bit, and I have to remind I remind myself, you know, to let the ego out a little bit, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes um, I can defer. <clears throat> so um, yeah, I mean, I think you took us to some great heights, bro. You should be um, you should be very happy. Mm-hmm. You should be very, very, very happy. It was, it was unselfish. Um, it was, you know, what brothers do for brothers and what friends do for friends. I should say at least. So, no, nah, don't don't feel like that. I mean, I'm happy that you didn't you didn't let us hold you back from going after where you're headed. Mm-hmm. You know, like the biggest thing I've always told you that you were going to be the best, the biggest, and the best. So, no, go always. You know, like go, man. You you're not a good friend if you're holding somebody back. You were mm-hmm. you worthless to me. And to be honest with you, I don't, I hate selfishness. I had a girlfriend once tell me, um, I was like, you know, I want you to be happy even if I'm not with you. And she's like, I don't want you to be happy if I'm not with you. And it's like, what type of person are you? (laughs) She was serious. (laughs) Raised you. You know what I'm saying? And she's still single to this day. (laughs) uh, 
mean, she's single on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I don't know what's going on in her home. But um, yeah, so no, nah, you don't hold your friends back. You push your friends forward, even if um, some of it may um, move you back a little bit. That's not, you're not there to hold anybody back. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you, you're not. That's, no. But again, like I said, the main thing is the friendship. I've always um, really appreciated it. I told your parents that, um, they as well as you did a, a great job because I believe uh, the the child plays a part in their own rearing. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's, if you if you start off with just a worthless kid, like this <laughs> this this model is defective. <laughs> it's hard to fix. It's hard to fix that. You know, you gotta have some good clay. Uh, so and I and all their kids, not just you. You know, saying with your your brothers and your sister, um, you know, you see um, their work. That's that's their work. Mm-hmm. I mean, your kids are an example. I tell my kids, you know, you're representing us. You know, they're, so they did a fantastic job in rearing um, all of you all. Um, and even I know he's not uh, one of their siblings, but even young guy, even though she guy got a little shift on him, you got to watch guy. <laughs> I love guy. <laughs> but you tell guy, guy grew up where he can get away with a little bit. Is, are they watching? <laughs> <laughs> Last question for me. Mm-hmm. What advice would you give 28 year old Tony? Mm, take your time. You know, you like to um, burn the, the burn the candle at both ends. Yes. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you got to recharge that battery. I don't mean take your time as in don't go after what you're seeking, but it's, everything may not fall in line, and that doesn't mean that you should quit or give up on it. Not to say that's the type of person you are. Um, but I remember that was the thing that my dad told me. I said, if you had to give me any advice, what would it be? And he said, take your time. And I use that a lot because I know I'm quick. Um, I have to double check emails um, to see if I wrote them properly. You know, I tell Kenton, like, this is one of your weaknesses. Um, it's my weakness of mine. So um, just, you know, to enjoy, just also, you know what? I'll tell you this, which is, it still falls in line with take your time. Breathe and, and smell and touch while you're in it. I don't, mm. um, I don't celebrate wins because I'm afraid. Uh, it's a, it's a, another defense mechanism of mine. Um, I, I've kind of, I gotta kind of stay even keeled. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't be too high, I can't be too low. So I don't think sometimes that I, I breathe and smell in the moment that victory. So it, it really take, it, have fun with your victories. I would say, you know, mm. live in them. I think is what I'm trying to say. Live, mm-hmm. live in this life. Sometimes I feel like I walk through it and I don't live in it. Live in this life, you know, just mm-hmm. and appreciate it. Everything doesn't have to be major. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely something that, I mean, that's excellent, you know, advice for me because, um, I guess I take, and I hope you don't take this the wrong way, like how my trajectory for granted Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. and when things which life typically does you plateau at certain points Mm -hmm. um and i've always been bothered by that feeling of plateau like oh man is this it (laughs) you know like and that always made me anxious Mm -hmm. uh and and nervous not really understanding the full scope of no sometimes things do just needs to settle Mm -hmm. some um like only, I, I don't know if I produced launch a show a full year mm. before I got this job. I think that's how long it go? Yeah, I don't think it was even the full year. Mm. 
No, it wasn't because we didn't do an anniversary show. Right. Uh, and we started early uh, 2019. Mm. And I got the job in December 2019. So I didn't even produce that show like a full year. Right. So like just different like high points, like they came so quickly. Yeah. You know, like I had I had a, like a full career, like, you know, within my first you know, five, six years, right? You know, of doing this. So I guess I kind of took that for granted, not being able to embrace those moments uh, enough. Um, that's, yeah, that's, that's good advice. Well, we can keep going. Like, use that antsiness. It's good that you have that antsiness mm-hmm. because it's going to fuel you to do something else. But it's nothing wrong um, with plateauing. But like you say, you know, get back on the horse and keep going. But, you know, just enjoy it. Like, just, life is short. We don't spend enough time enjoying it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's the thing. Um, and I, these are things that I just say to myself. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, just enjoy it, man. Um, you know, everyone loves you. There's mm-hmm. plenty of people out there that um, love you. You have, I don't know, if anyone had a bad word, any, anybody that's had a bad word about you, now, I don't know them personally, mm-hmm. but I don't like them. <laughs> that's just how i rock i gangbang like that <laughs> but uh i think uh you've been nothing but a compliment to all of our lives um you know uh, funny uh witty um genuine uh good-hearted um person you know what i'm saying and it's just been a compliment and we all appreciate all of us uh your brothers uh, my family um, and my brothers, I mean the Dean Davis crew, uh, my family, you know, you know, Lawrence loves you. Um, everybody at the score that I've come across um, seemed like they genuinely cared about you. So, yeah, man, you should be happy with who you've made yourself into along with your parents. You should be very happy um, and enjoy it, man. Enjoy these 30s. Enjoy coming into your 30s, um, being a successful black male. And it's, um, it's not a lot of them, you know, um, and hopefully there'll be more. Um, enjoy being someone that people look up to, you know, and you said it's good that you are someone that people look up to because there's nothing fake about you. Mm. Thanks, Ken, for doing this. Anytime, bro. <laughs> Tony Gill, it's Jason Goff, brother. Happy birthday to start off with. And I'm recording this on my birthday, so it's special to me that I get a chance to wish you a happy birthday as well. Um, I don't know how much advice I can have for you, man, because you're doing things at a rate and at a pace with a creative niche that uh, I wouldn't even want to mess up, man. Um, I'm proud of you as a, as a man. I'm proud of you as a uh, professional. I'm proud to know you. And um, you always got me in your corner whenever you need it, man, because I see a lot of things in you that I wish I had when I was as young as you are. It's not like you're some young whippersnapper, but I'm proud of you, man. So keep it going. Blessings to you and the family. And uh, I'm looking forward to what not only your life is going to become, but also what your career is going to, I know, become. So be good, brother. One love.
What's up? <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. You sure? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, everybody, this is, uh, I guess I can say it, my girlfriend now? Mm-hmm. And I know this might be a surprise for people who, <laughs> who are listening, but uh, this podcast is about you guys getting to know me at my current age of 28 that you're listening to. So um, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we should start at the beginning. Where did you meet me? <laughs> okay. Should I say you? Yeah, go ahead. I'm not holding back anything. <laughs> okay, so we met on a dating app um, called Bumble. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. That's where we met. Why are you <laughs> looking at me? Like, what else? <laughs> uh, so, yes, we did meet on Bumble. And I think the interesting part about that is we were both about to delete the app. Mm-hmm. He thought I was a catfish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if y'all if y'all were to see her, you'd think she was a catfish too. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just about to delete the app and just kind of give up on the whole dating scene until maybe next year, maybe when the pandemic was, you know, kind of faded away. But, you know, I got that notification that I got a new uh, swipe. <laughs> So I was like, all right, I'll engage mm-hmm. to see if this is like a bot or something. <laughs> um, so we uh, we connected. And what was your first impressions from the text conversations? Um, first impressions. Um, that you were able to um, hold a conversation and um, engage in conversations and actually start, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I would drift off like, okay, LOL, and that'll be it. So. <laughs> um, that seems like bare minimum, you know? <laughs> not like, really. Some, people, <laughs> some guys cannot hold a conversation. They can't. They Maybe I take it for granted because this is kind of what I do for a mm-hmm. living. Uh, but, yeah, that doesn't seem like... You know, it seems like it should be like a big like thing. It's just just talk. No. <laughs> and and I think probably people- Well, I wouldn't just say conversation. Like we mm-hmm. actually, you know, talked about things like meaningful yeah, conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't like talking about, you know, how's the weather? Like, right. Or, or, yeah. yeah, I'm extremely annoyed by that. Um and it's not, you know, I guess it's kind of a game, kind of back and mm-hmm. forth. Like, you don't want to get right to the deep stuff, you know, right. like right from the get-go. But, you know, you just kind of feel each other out, see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had a first date. How did that go for you? Um, it was okay. just was kind of cold. <laughs> it's toward the end, toward the end. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first walked up, I was like, who is he hiding from? He had his... <laughs> Hat low, his mask like all the way up to his eyes. I'm like, are you not trying to be seen? You got a wife or something? Like, <laughs> no. Um. Well, we were. Well, I want to. The, the waitress kept coming up, mm-hmm. so oh, I want to. I was late. Yeah, you were really late. Mm-hmm. You were really, no, late. <laughs> really late. No, the waitress thought I was being stood up. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she was excited when she saw that you pulled up. <laughs> you know, because I was in there looking lame for for a quick second. That's probably why you thought I was hiding, because I was just kind of slowly fading into embarrassment as everybody watched <laughs> me just consume all the water <laughs> and bread that they brought out. But you eventually came, mm-hmm. and um, you were really quiet. Yeah, I'm naturally quiet. Like I'm not mm-hmm. really a chatter. That's why, like, we got along because you were, you know leading a conversation mm. with me because I wouldn't have. <laughs> and like I'm I'm typically the more reactor mm-hmm. to people's engagement. I usually allow people to talk and then I'll react to mm-hmm. that. But I mean I had to adjust with you. And it was it was tough. <laughs> it was it was tough. Uh I'm not gonna lie. Like in the full episodes of, I think, I think maybe Kim, we talked about it. Like, I think we talked about it too. Like, what? I was just not sure oh, yeah. for like two dates <laughs> what you were thinking whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't get it. I was, I was a little bit frustrated because I felt like I was really going out there <laughs> and like really trying to see if this would work and I didn't feel like I wasn't getting any engagement those first two dates yeah (laughs) well yeah that's just that's just how I am until until I get like comfortable like I wasn't sure about you either like Mm. what were your hindrances early on um just from how we met like I know um guys just use that as oh okay this one didn't work I, I just can swipe on some more and you know so i'm like okay well yeah i mean it just is what it is like <laughs> like I, I i felt like i was fighting that uphill battle mm-hmm. i guess with you of like your assumptions of what guys are on dating apps mm-hmm. um maybe any prior relationships that you had like mm-hmm. i don't know i just I feel like I'm just climbing up the steep hill <laughs> up until the third date. Mm-hmm. And I had it in my mind that I was like, all right, if she doesn't engage tonight, I'm a, I'm going to tell her before we leave, like, hey, I don't think this is. I was not. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, nah, you're trying to make it seem. No, you're making it seem like I didn't. I just sat there. No, I was talking to you. Yeah, you, you, you talked, but. I felt like I was always starting mm, yeah. the conversation. And that's how I know, like, if somebody is engaging me, they'll mm-hmm. start up something. I will always mm-hmm. try and give you, like, an olive branch. Is there something you want to ask me? Like, I've always said that. Like, I tried to help out a little bit. And you were like, no, nah, when I think about it, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah, at that third date, we met up in Pilsen. Right? Oh, yeah. And I ended up picking the worst restaurant ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that bad. It's just... Well, God, it was pretty bad. I mean, we spent the first, like, 20 minutes looking for other places to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there wasn't really any other places to go. So no. we just kind of had to stick it out. And... I was like, all right, I'm going all in. Like all the conversation starters that I've ever picked up in my career, I'm throwing it all out there and seeing <laughs> what sticks. And you opened up. Yeah. 
That was the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? Why that? Especially in a space where I messed up right there by picking that place. <laughs> like, why that date? Um, I just feel like at that time, like, it just took me a while to, like, be sure, like, just to feel you out, really. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, I mean, we stayed there for, I mean, we talked a long time. Because they were trying to kick us out after a while. I mean, they changed servers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they kept looking back. Right. It was like two hours, right? Two and a half. Yeah, maybe. like two and a half hours. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, probably longer than that. But after that date, I was like, okay, I think we're cooking with gas. <laughs> <laughs> I think she, what did, what do you think after that, that date? Because that was pretty significant. Yeah, after that date, um, I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of do like him. Mm-hmm. Kind of do. I can see myself dating him. How do you think it's been going so far? Uh, it's been going well so far. Mm-hmm. I got mad at you once <laughs> the other day. That's the first time. <laughs> I was uh, that caught me off guard. That <laughs> uh, that caught me off guard. Um, we were going to an, an expo. Uh, an exhibit and i was a little bit confused on where it was exactly <laughs> but i mean it was confused like everything was boarded up so you couldn't see <laughs> any addresses mm-hmm. so but um i was gonna figure it out though yeah like, i mean know, that's eventually. why i didn't like blow up like ah you know hey you kind of did that no <laughs> no i didn't <laughs> um but we found a place but yeah, that caught me off guard. Yeah, that was the first time you got mad at me. <laughs> There's gonna be many more times just to let you know. Mm-hmm. Like I am wildly annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, like I went into dating during the pandemic. I think it started when my brother, my youngest brother, announced that he was getting married. Mm-hmm. And Christian, you guys know uh, he, I interviewed him. Um, they get married in De- December 26th, so the day after Christmas. It'll be a nice way to end the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I I love both of them. Uh, my sister and his uh, my sister, my brother, and uh, <laughs> uh, well, she would be technically my sister, mm-hmm. uh, Shay, uh, his fiance. And I think what really pushed me into like, all right, I should probably start dating seriously was my parents. And what uh, the church, we and the church set up for them uh, for their pastor's anniversary. Uh, we set up a parade. It's on my Instagram if you guys want to check that out. Um, there are pictures and videos. Just seeing all the love that they were getting from uh, our church members in celebration of their leadership and their relationship. It was really the happiest time that I can remember. And seeing them being overwhelmed like that uh, together, that's when I realized like, all right, this is what I want Mm -hmm. for my future. Um, 
you know, a couple that they put God first. They raised their children well, as you can see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and all that, that's extremely, you know, important to me. And that's what I went into this, you know, looking for. So what do you think about that? I know that was an awful question. They tell us not to ask that type of question, but what do you what do you think about that when I relate that to you? Well, it always was the same goal. Like I was looking for a potential, you know, lifetime partner. Um, I'm getting old. <laughs> so, you know, I really don't have time to just be, you know, okay, this person didn't work. Let me, you know, just go date somebody else. Like, no, I don't really have, I'm not on that type of time anymore. Mm. So yeah, it was time to, you know, get serious with it and not just looking for a boyfriend. Right. So yeah, somebody to be on this journey with me and everything that, you know, I have going on and be on the same journey with them as well. I think we, one of the things that, you know, I did like about you, you know, initially when we were texting was you're a creative mm-hmm. like me. Um, and I, I enjoyed listening to you discuss like what motivates you to create things and um, how do you create things. And mm-hmm. because it's a, even though we're both creatives, it's like in different kind of ways. You, mm-hmm. you know, are a fashion designer, you make clothes. I work in media. Mm-hmm. But I'm always interested into what, you know, motivates people. Uh, so what, you know, what motivates you creatively? Um, just uh, being different from everybody else. Like, just looking online, you see everybody really is dressing the same, mm-hmm. using the same, you know, wholesale company. So... That's what really made me, you know, dig deep and want to be more creative. Like, I just want to be different. Mm -hmm. Like, that's why everything I make or if I do, you know, buy wholesale, it's always something that you won't see a lot of people in. Hmm. I've seen the stuff that you're really good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when a lot of people say, oh, I make clothes, it's kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> but you actually make good stuff. Like I said, your website and, mm-hmm. and all that. If you, if they want to check that out, they can look at. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, <laughs> I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's only public to um, those who um, has an account to buy wholesale for me. Mm-hmm. But um, it's shopexquisite.net. Okay, see, I got you on the promo. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you see this going? Um, I think we have a good chance of making it pretty far. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a good chance because I know I've laid it out like bare in terms of here's what I'm looking for, here's Mm -hmm. my intentions, here's... Here's my background. This is where I was raised. This is how I was raised. And mm-hmm. like I put that all on Front Street and that didn't scare you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, me, how how I live my life, 
you know, working in the church, my faith, like all of that. When people hear that, they just kind of like, oh, this is not for me. This is not what I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was talking to my dad actually in in his interview when I went out to start dating initially. What you find out is like I was extremely fortunate to have like both parents, mm-hmm. you know, in my house, right? Like to get, working together a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And once I put myself out there, like it feels like that was abnormal. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people don't know how, like a well-functioning person right. is trying to date you and people don't know how to react to that. Right. And that was really confusing to me for a while. <laughs> so when you were like all cool about it, <laughs> I was just like, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, people are used to dysfunction, you know, mm-hmm. like, but it goes back to their um, dynamics, how they grew up. Mm-hmm. And like that's that's a big thing in you know in our family. Christian said, and uh, when I interviewed my siblings and my cousin, he was like, "Man, I hope we all find people that gets along with everybody, like in our family, mm-hmm. because we are really close." Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're not going to, you know, let other people kind of pull us away from each other mm-hmm. because we value our, you know, our family unit. So anybody that we're adding to that um, needs to understand, like should understand that. And I try to make that clear, like up front with, you know, whoever, you know, I'm talking to now, you know, now it's you and mm-hmm. you didn't, you didn't back away from that challenge. <laughs> you consider so, that a challenge? <laughs> I think to some people it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, how many, I mean, you know, like how many in-laws fight? You yeah. know, how many, like how many of those situations have you heard that that happens? Right. Like, and I know that's something that I know, I don't want. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't imagine if like you were fighting with my sister or something and mm-hmm. you haven't met them yet. Right. You know, but like that would be hard. That'd be difficult. Yeah. And and you not, you know, shying away from like you were just like, okay. <laughs> 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 that really caught my attention. Mm. And that let me know like you must value that as well. Yeah, I do. I do. Use the, use the microphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. Um like I didn't grow up in dysfunction like that. I mm-hmm. grew up both parents in the home too. So that's something that I valued and something that I wanted, you know, for my kids and mm-hmm. for the future. Okay. Well, I think that may be it. Mm-hmm. You know, for now, I may have you come back and do another interview or something. Uh, I may do it. It depends on how this is received. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see if people actually like and you know investigating my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thanks Keish for doing this mm-hmm. I appreciate you you're welcome um, I hope this goes well if not it's going to be really awkward to explain this to people in the future <laughs> 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 <laughs>
just gotta delete it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not for censorship. Mm-hmm. I am all for content. Content. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's context for this. So, um, I hope whoever listens to this in the future, if this <laughs> doesn't work out, mm-hmm. you know, understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope you're okay with it. If this is out there for right. people to to listen to, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening to this. If you're still at the back end of this podcast, I definitely appreciate you. This is by far the most intimate and personal project that I've ever done. And I plan to do more of these, you know, as I go along. I may just start a podcast just in general, uh, just a personal one, just having conversations with people. Uh, that I enjoy talking to. So uh, thank you for checking this out. I appreciate everyone that participated to make this happen. I hope you enjoyed it. I know 2020 has been rough for you know, a lot of people, but we're going to get through it. Stay positive, stay motivated, and I'll talk to you guys next time.